0: And the way you do that is to get connected. And so this morning, my message to you on behalf of the Lord and His kingdom is to find buddies to travel with on this journey called life. Amen. We need that. Every one of us. People who need people are the luckiest. Nah. That's not good enough. People who need people are the most blessed people in all the world. That's what I think. And so, having just completed a 4,500 mile trip up into the Maritimes in Canada, my wife is Canadian. So we went ahead for a week, and then our kids, Bruce and his wife, and my daughter Rhonda, who has never married, they came to Canada, and I spoke on a Sunday, and then we all piled in two cars. Rhonda drove, and I drove, and Bruce drove, but he was most of the time the navigator. He had a map, had a a GPS, and all that stuff, and away we went. 45, have you ever tried to stay with somebody on a 4,500 mile trip? (laughs) My daughter led the way. She's got a foot that's about that long and about that big. It's unbelievable how that girl can drive a car. Never broke the speed limit, understand. But she did drive. (laughs) And I tried to keep up with her. And on that, I learned a valuable lesson, and that is that all of us in our lives, we are desirous to get somewhere. If you're on a journey, a journey has a starting place, and it has a destination, right? That's the way it works. And along the way, there are uh, oases. (laughs) It's hard to say rest areas, but there are those too, and that's good. But in order to get to where we want to go, and I would say almost everybody in this room, if I'd say, how many of you want to go to heaven? Amen. Absolutely. I don't want to miss it for anything. But in order to get there, (laughs) you have to get on the right road and you have to have people that can help you get there. You do. It's not a deal. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, I can do this all on my own, but uh, mm -mm, don't, don't try that because it's not really all that great. Now, let me give you a little scenario here that we can think about. Two people have lived their lives, and they decide after so long, They have reached retirement age, and so they're going to retire. So one of them says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sleep in every day, and I'm going to watch TV, and sit on the couch, and blah, 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 blah. And guess what? Medical science says five years, and we're so happy that you came to honor our precious dead person. That's what happens. But the other guy says, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've always wanted to write a book. Always have. And I have also wanted to write a book. But one time I sent a message to the evangel, which is in Springfield, we used to be in Springfield, Missouri, at our headquarters. And I thought it was a great sermon. And they wrote me back and they said, This is probably good if somebody preached it, but it's not too good on paper. I'm not going to write a book. They got, my, they got to me real quick, I understand. They don't think I can write, and I don't either, now that I think about it. But everybody has to have something that you shoot for in life. And so having just reached the 80 mark, I have decided that I'm probably going to try to stay in the ministry. <laughs> isn't that some well you say that takes a lot of nerve for a guy like you yeah I know I've heard myself too but (laughs) we need to understand that life has things to offer us and many people who retire they don't have anything to do they don't have any goals in mind they don't have any life that they can really live and so they just sit down and die now one man said this Albert Schweitzer What dies inside a man while he lives is the thing that usually will kill him. Listen to this. And then he goes on and says, It is important and it is for your own good that you understand that living is an immunization against many sicknesses and diseases. How then can we find more meaning for our lives if that's the case? Well, I have a few things that I think I can share with you today. Number one, God has a plan and a path for you to walk on. He does. He has a plan. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 says, following in his footsteps. It's one of the plans that God has for us, the footsteps of Jesus. He says that he set an example for us and suffered before us that we might follow in his footsteps. We have a pictured home of our son and his little guy when Josiah was about two years old. And Bruce and Josiah are walking it looks like side by side except (laughs) I I saw this whole thing take place and what was happening was Josiah had heard some water running at a waterfall and he took off for that like a streak and my son Bruce is trying to keep up with him you know And that's the picture that we got. But it looks like they're just sauntering along, you know, just enjoying life and having a big time. But it ain't the case, folks. He is trying to catch that kid. I think that one of the things that all of us need to understand is that on this path, God has some fantastic things for us. Now, I've got, I've got so much to cover this morning, so y'all just hang in there with me and we'll go as, as fast as we can and as long as I can breathe, okay? <laughs> um, here, in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, I, I think it's uh, about, uh, let's see what verse we're going to start with here. Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, in verse 18. And he saw two brothers, Simon... And his brother, Andrew, Simon called Peter, casting them into the fish, for they were fishermen. And he said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So they left the boat, and they left their nets, and they followed him. Then he went on and saw two other brothers, and that's James and John, the sons of thunder. I like these guys. They had something to live for. You know, one time people said, "Uh, we don't like what Jesus is saying, we don't like what he's doing and they begin to kind of rebel against him and so on and James and John they got all shook up and they said Jesus why don't you just call fire down from heaven and burn them up (laughs) boy they had purpose in life didn't they well a lot of times in our enthusiasm we can have that same feeling but the thing I want to zero in on in this text is this follow me and I will make you I will perform in you. I will mold you. I will use you. I will change you. Huh? That good? You know what? Becoming what Jesus wants you to be is a process. Process. You know, you you, you can say the sinner's prayer, you can accept Christ as Savior, but if you don't follow through on that, you're going to have a problem. Because nobody, nobody in this room is called to do this all on their own and by themselves. That's not the way God's economy works. That's not the way He works. And so what you have to do is get out of yourself and, and, and do something that will help you understand the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. And I think the second thing is not only getting out of ourselves, you know. There's so many ways to do that. You can, you can make a phone call to somebody. You can write a card to somebody. You can text somebody. You can, I guess you can tweet somebody. Can't I don't know what a tweet is. <laughs> I hear a lot about it. I, I, I did hear one the other day. There was a bird outside the window going tweet, 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 tweet. I, but I, I don't think that's what it was. But God wants us to be people that let him mold us and get out of ourselves and instead of fishing for fish, fish for men. That's what Jesus said. Because every one of us in this room, you know why we're here this morning? We have a gift of life. That's why we're here. God gave that to us. What are we doing with it? What are you doing with your life? Do you understand how important it is that you pour your life out for somebody that needs that kind of help? And so, we have this wonderful picture. In 2 Peter, there's a verse of Scripture that just says two words, but grow. That's the way it starts. That verse begins, but grow, and then it goes on and says, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, but you've got to grow. You can't sit in a hothouse somewhere like a potted plant and say, I'm going to change the world. Good for you. I hope somebody stops and talks. Even plants need somebody to talk to them. Did you know that? That's an amazing thing to me, but they, I guess they do. Now, not only do you need to get out of yourself on this path, but also there is love and friendship that's involved. And here's my text for today. <laughs> I'm going to start preaching now. <clears throat> here's what it says. It's found in Proverbs eighteen twenty-four, And you'll see it. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I had two brothers. My brother Larry, just 18 months younger than me. My brother Sammy, 14 years younger than me. Sammy was a special gift from God to my parents, kept them young, caused them to grow old, (laughs) but I have buried both of my brothers. I buried Sammy when he was 23, and I buried Larry when he was 75. And so, I'm the last man standing in my family. Buried my parents. And I've had all their funerals, and it makes me aware of how important it is that I have a friend that is closer than a brother. Because what happens is, you could come to the place in life where as far as bloodline is concerned, you don't have a brother. But I have a lot of brothers. I've got brothers in this room. If I started naming them, I'd get in trouble. So I'm not going to. But people that I have had a part in their finding this road that leads to the destiny that we want to find. What a privilege to put your arm around somebody and say, you're my brother. My brother. I need you. I depend on you. I count it a privilege to know you. And friendship is such a marvelous thing. Now, there there are different levels of relationships. There are companions. And there are friends. Now what's a companion? A companion is one who accompanies another. That's a companion. That that they're there, and you know, so on and so forth. There are those that just nod at us. How you done? Good. Um there are those that we know their face, but we don't know the name. Now that's really getting close, isn't it? Hey, what should we call it? Um uh, how, how's it going? That's not good. There are people who wave at us. I've got a new family, just moved onto the court, and I've been watching the dad and his little boy mow the lawn. The dad's pushing the lawnmower like this, the little guy's walking right in front of him, and it's got a bar down lower, and he's got his hands up on that bar, and they're mowing together. That's cool. But you know what? I told Betty yesterday, we've got to stop and find out who those people are, because we're always going. How many have got friends like that, or companions? the People that you know, you know, uh, you think you know, you hope you know, hope they know you, maybe. <laughs> I, I remember when my kids were in school, <laughs> I, I was at a PTA meeting, okay? And the hall was just full of people. And I'm talking to my son's track coach. And all of a sudden over a thousand heads I hear this voice praise God Pastor Johnny! (laughs) I thought what in the world? And then I saw him. Now that guy felt close to me to address me as his pastor in front of everybody. <laughs> or I was down at Marsh's one day shopping, and a fellow had just come from Michigan and started coming to Lakeview Church, and, and I had met this guy a few uh, months earlier at a camp I preached in in uh, Michigan at Fahola Park. And as I was Talking with this guy, I found out he was a Baptist minister, and then he got into a spirit-filled situation, and the Lord baptized him in the Holy Spirit, and he came to our church when they moved here. And so, <laughs> I'm shopping, at about four aisles over, I hear this voice, Pastor Johnny! Holds up a bottle of ketchup. I can't buy a bottle of ketchup without thanking God for the blood of Jesus. (laughs) That guy had enough confidence in me that he knew I could identify with what he was saying. Amen? Yeah. Well, you say, that's why that I don't want to get too close to anybody. Well, let me help you with that. You remember Lone Ranger and Tonto? (laughs) Sure we do. My grandpa on my dad's side loved the Lone Ranger. Every day he'd sit and listen to the Lone Ranger after he'd finished his farming all day long and he'd smoke his corncob pipe in Arkansas and uh, And true, no electricity, no running water, corncob pipe. Good. Um, and, And he would listen to the Lone Ranger. And then it came the day when the Lone Ranger appeared on television. Oh, you talk about a day. That was high day in Zion for that man. And I still remember the Indians had... Tonto and the Lone Ranger surrounded. I mean they're closing in on them. And Tonto is watching. And the Lone Ranger says, they have us surrounded Tonto. And Tonto says, what do you mean us, Kimo Sabi? (laughs) (laughs) You see (laughs) he was one of the group. And he didn't have anybody after him as far as he knew. He was with them. Huh? Listen, our nation, our world, has never been where we needed each other more than this morning, right now. And there's all kinds of stuff on every side that is trying to take that away from us. But let me tell you something. I have found a relationship in Jesus Christ that if everybody else in the world would say no to me, I know one that would say yes. And his name is Jesus. And he loves us. And he cares for us. And he helps us. He is our friend. And he is the one that will stand with us in every situation. And so we need those kind of friends Friends. A friend is a person whom one knows well and cherishes. I mean, you love them. I'm going to make a reference here, and I can't help but doing it. I loved Gail Seiler. And that man exuded love. Not boisterous, not outlandish, not big expressions of whatever, but solid, caring love for his brothers and sisters in Christ. And it showed. We had his funeral here. It showed. Because a man that is friendly, must, that wants friends must show himself friendly. In fact, in Proverbs 18.1, there is this, an unfriendly man pursues selfish ends and defies all sound judgment. Can I just be so blunt as to tell you that if you have not met this friend called Jesus, you're defying sound judgment? Because you can't win if you don't have Him. You can't. The scorecard has never been made that says, I can do it without Him. Never. For the Bible says, In Him we live, in Him we move. In Him we have our being. That's it. That's where we are. We need Him. And there's something that happens when you release that power. There is power that is released. Let me just share something else with you here. I think that all of us one day will stand before God. I believe that. In fact, the Bible backs it up. Romans chapter 14 talks about the judgment seat of Christ, where every tongue will confess God. will confess. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. And I got to thinking, what what do you do when you're just daydreaming? What do you think about? Well, I hope Luck's arm is strong enough to get the ball down the field today. Okay, okay well, I hope the cubbies can beat Milwaukee and maybe wrap this thing up. I hope, I wish, uh, I don't know. Well, let me tell you something. Here's what I was thinking. When I stand before God, I doubt seriously if God will ask what kind of car I drove. But I do think he may ask me what I did to help people out that didn't have a car. God won't ask the square footage of my home but he'll ask me how many people I welcomed into my home. He won't ask me about the clothes I had in my closet but he may ask me how many I shared with somebody else that didn't have any. He won't ask me what my highest salary was but he will ask me if I compromised my character to get it. He won't ask me what my job title was, but he'll ask me if I performed it to the best of my ability. He won't ask me what neighborhood I live, but how many neighbors did I treat with love and respect? How many did I care about? Your pastor's mom lived down at the end of the court where he grew up, and I lived on that court. And as he has said before, he spent about as much time at my house as he did his and vice versa, our kids. But when she had had a stroke and could not talk and verbalize her feelings, our phone would ring and she knew how to communicate with us and we would go And pray with her and for her. I want to tell you something. If you want to feel good, get out of yourself. Find somebody that needs that kind of help and go after them with everything you have. You know, you can you can have friends that will build you up and friends that will tear you down. We had devotion time this morning. These precious people in this church, they always pray when when a get I guess, when the guess comes, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> they know I need it worse than anybody else, so they get. But we 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 got together and we prayed, and one of our brothers shared how important it is that we understand that iron sharpens iron, huh? It does. And that we need people that will help us and build us up. I, You've got a guy in this church, Bob Shaw. You know Bob, if you know any, uh, probably anybody, you know Bob Shaw. He's from Tennessee, and he can't help it. I mean, it just that's the way. I'm from Arkansas, yes, and it's great, but uh, Bob's the only guy I know that first time I ever said to him, how you doing? He said, worse. <laughs> what do you do with that? Uh, uh, good, Bob, hope you get worse, <laughs> I love that guy. He's my brother. And that kind of real people, you need people like that in your life. Because there's enough negativism to go around and bury you. And so God will not ask you about all of those other things. But there's some things He will ask you about. I want to ask you why you took so long to find him. Some of you might be able to respond to that. I found him when I was seven. It's been great. I recommend it. (laughs) Highly recommend it. And so the Holy Spirit helps us and God won't ask us a lot of that stuff. An unfriendly man defies all sound judgment. Now, power is released in relationships that you cannot get otherwise. You can't. Wisdom is provided in relationships. Strength is increased in relationship. We just had to change doctors. Doctor I had is, he's not quite as old as I am, but he's getting there. And I got to where I thought, you know, maybe he doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) Knowing myself as well as I do. (laughs) So we got another doctor. Not only is another doctor, but it's a woman. I have a doctor that's a woman. (laughs) How's that build your confidence? Hey, she's great. She's great, but she's young, young. In fact, my daughter is the assistant dean of the medical school at Marin University, and so she was introducing her to some of her colleagues, doctors. Man, I think I saw people like that when I was in high school that were my classmates. It, they look so young. And have you noticed these high school football games and they show every, year, every week they show a different group that are cheerleaders. They look like they just got out of preschool. Just little young people. But you know what? Man, don't ask me to flip, flip, flip. <laughs> Throw me up there and catch me. Uh-uh. Why? Because I can't do it. And my bones might go, (laughs) they're getting brittle if you know what I mean. But we all need each other. And young people can be so strong and so powerful in their faith. And so vocal sometimes about their faith. And there's something about that And so we need people that don't just live on the same street, kids that are on the same team, or or just work all in the same place. We need people who share the same belief system, the same passion for God, for God's house, for God's word, people that pray, people that walk in godly wisdom, that know how to connect with God, and are filled with the Spirit of God. We need that in this day. Every one of us need that. And God has people that will help us do that. Oh man, I almost got carried away there, and that's okay. Um, now, the early church, the birth of the early church is very important. Because it shows us what can happen when people come together. Look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42, and uh, I'll read several verses there. It actually begins right in the first verse of that chapter, or in, the, in, in chapter 2 and verse 1, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Mm. That, 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 that's pretty heavy. One accord in one place. And you know what happened? power from Almighty God came down and filled them and they turned their world upside down. That's what they did. The Bible says that. Now you say, well, it's not happening today. Hey, look here. What's this place here? This is the body of Christ. You're the church. You are, all of us, we're the church. What kind of church do we want this to be? The kind you are. Well, I don't know. I I wish they wouldn't come here. There's just something about them I don't like. Okay. They probably won't. They'll catch on real quick. We need each other. And we're not all the same. Isn't that fantastic? If everybody looked like me, you're, oh. <laughs> wouldn't work, would it? And so, lives were empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they went out, and they changed things. They changed their culture. They changed their world. They exalted and lifted up Jesus. And what happened? You're a part of that you're part of that. And you say, well, we, we don't see what I know. I never have seen what I want to see, but one day I'm going to see it, and it's going to be fantastic, and I'm not stopping until I do. And His name is Jesus. Amen. Now, I've had a few people that have, somebody asked me one time, said, do you ever get uh, discouraged? And I said, no, but I get disgusted. I have been that a few times. We need people, and this church, this church, when people have been sick, you know why some guys probably are sitting in this room today, maybe, or next service? Because somebody brought a meal to their home when somebody was sick, and they said, hey, if that's what those people do, I want to be a part of that. Huh? Yeah. But you have to have the kind of ability that reaches out beyond yourself And allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Now, how do we do that? Life groups. Now I'm going to preach Pastor Craig's message for a little bit here. When I went to one of the churches that I pastored, there were 16 or 17 guys that helped me unload my truck. And my son Bruce was back from England at that time where he had been in missions. and, uh, And so he was helping me and all around the circle was this group of guys. And I heard this one say brother, and heard this one say brother, and brother, and brother, and I said wonder what their names are. Well, brother. And and I found out the pastor before me had a tough time with names, and so he'd say how you doing brother? How you doing sister? He didn't know anybody's name in that church. I don't think. Very many. And I said Hold the phone, stop! Time out. I want everybody to tell me your name. They started around the circle, and you couldn't believe it. Some of those guys in this part of the circle had no idea that this guy over here was named Bob and this guy was named Jim. Didn't know that. All of a sudden, the lights came on. That's my brother Jim. That's, hey, now, brother and sister, that's not bad. That, that's a way to identify with each other. That's good. We need that. We, need, we probably need more of that. You know. But get acquainted with somebody to where you know for heaven's sakes who they are. <laughs> you know. Get that name inside of your mind and your tongue. So you can say something to them. Let me wind this up. Guideposts for living. The power, the completeness of all this. William Ward gave 12 guideposts for living. I want you to listen to them real close. I will do more than belong. I will participate. I'll do more than believe. I'll practice. I will do more than care. I will help. I will do more than be fair. I will be kind. I will do more than care. I will help. I think I've been there. I will do more than forgive. I will forget. I'll do more than dream. I'll work. I'll do more than teach. I'll inspire. I'll do more than earn, I will enrich. I will do more than give, I will serve. I'll do more than live, I will grow. I'll do more than be friendly, I will befriend. I will do more than be a citizen, I'll be a patriot. You can get connected today. You can I'm not going to ask for a show of hands how many of you belong to groups. I've had life groups in churches where I've been. They are invaluable. Invaluable. Well you don't know my schedule. Let me tell you something. You've got 168 hours in every week and you spend one and a half maybe in this place once a week getting ready for ever Huh? Is there something wrong with that picture? Yes, sir. You need the kind of relationship that can go on and on not just on Sunday, not just sitting in the pew, saying how you doing? Nice to see you. Uh, Have a good day. Uh, God bless you. I hope we win the game. How's your golf going? No. We need people that we can relate to that are part of our lives. We need that. And so this morning I pray that the Holy Spirit will just speak to your heart in such a powerful way that you will get connected. Because there'll be a time when you'll need somebody. And if you don't have anybody, I know there's a friend that's closer than a brother and that's good but he wants you to be a friend to somebody that doesn't have a brother. Amen? Father, you're awesome. You're a powerful God. You're wonderful. And you care for us. And we thank you for that so much. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just come in the quietness of this moment and speak to our hearts I pray for those that may be in this service and say you know what Johnny I, I haven't even started on the journey yet toward Jesus in heaven and maybe those that have gone before me that left him man I need that I know I need that and this morning, God has spoken to my heart. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, you just lift a hand and say, Johnny, pray for me. I, I, I need that in my life. I need that relationship with Him. Anybody, anybody. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. How many others this morning? Just honest, sincere hearts. God bless you. Yes, I see that hand in the balcony there. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, all of us in this room, help us to understand the marvelous working of the Holy Spirit and what He can do in our lives through us and with us and I pray oh God that you'll touch us today as as never before and let us experience that marvelous love that caused you to leave all the splendor of glory and come to this earth and die on a cross for us and then to choose men like Peter and Andrew and James and John even Judas that betrayed you oh Lord how that must have hurt and of course it hurt because you sweat drops of blood in the garden praying, praying, praying that somehow this cup might pass from you but nevertheless you said not my will but thine be done we want to say that this morning to you Lord so bless these that have lifted their hands some strong stalwart guys I pray you'll just be that transforming power in their lives in Jesus name thank you father and we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for you're worthy of it amen let's stand together this morning okay here's the deal